Psalms 29 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The, the God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Siron like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calf and, uh, and discovereth the forest. And his, in his temple doth everyone speaketh, speak of his glory. The Lord sitteth upon the flood. Yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Father, I want to thank you for the good testimonies. Thank you for the good singing, Lord. Thank you for what you have done in this place tonight. I pray now that you'll give us liberty. I pray, God, that you'll give us the vocabulary tonight. May you be glorified. Lord, we ask you to touch this message and speak to every heart. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject, on the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord. Before I do that, I want you to notice in Psalms chapter 29 that this is a very significant psalm and it is significant because that it mentions the Lord 18 times in these 11 verses. Now, if you think about that tonight, these 18 times uh, uh, the Lord's name is mentioned in 11 verses and if you take the pronoun God and the pronoun King, the Lord's name is mentioned a total of 25 times in 11 verses. Now, that's amazing tonight, isn't it, that the psalmist placed that much emphasis on the God uh, that we serve, the God of this Bible. Now, when you think about what the psalmist is talking about in Psalms 29, there is four ways that you can view this psalm. I want you to notice, first of all, that you can view this psalm as a present thunderstorm. You, a present thunderstorm. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, if you look at verse number 3, the Bible Bible says in the middle part of that verse, the God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. If you look down in verse number 5, the Bible says the voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. And if you go on down and read throughout this psalm, he talks about the voice being on the waters. He talks about the voice dividing the flames of fire. In other words, he talks about a thunderstorm. No doubt David is the uh, psalmist here and it's very possible that David wrote Psalms 29 when he was a young shepherd boy sitting out in the field viewing a thunderstorm that was coming over and as he saw that thunderstorm coming he thought about the greatness uh, of the God that he served. Amen? And so tonight this psalm can be viewed as a present thunderstorm and then it can be viewed as a powerful throne. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 10. The Lord sitteth upon the flood. Yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. He's not only talking about uh, God as a, a present thunderstorm but he talks about him sitting on a powerful throne that he is king forever. He said in verse number 3 that the voice of the Lord is powerful. Amen. 
Amen. And so this is a powerful throne. The God that David is talking about is not like the gods of Babylon. It's not like the gods of Egypt. It's not like the gods of the Assyrians or the Amalekites. This is not a false God that has hands that cannot feel and lips that cannot speak and eyes that cannot see and ears that cannot hear. Oh no, this is a powerful God that has a throne that sits high in the heavens and you can view this psalm as a present thunderstorm but you could view it tonight as a powerful throne. And then another way you could view this psalm tonight is a practical theme. And what I mean by that when we talk about a practical theme, it's just the theme of this psalm. What is the theme of this psalm tonight? The theme of this psalm is simply this, that there are storms in life. Amen? As the psalmist is writing about this storm, as he's writing about the cedars of Lebanon breaking, the voice of God being upon the waters, he talks about the flames being divided, so many things, God sitting on top of the flood. Amen? When he talks about all of these things, they're related to that of a storm. And the psalmist is viewing a storm and perhaps even about to go through a storm. You know, that's a practical theme in all of our life, isn't it? And if we was to preach on that practical theme tonight concerning this storm, that there are storms in life, the psalmist simply says three things about the storm. In verse number 1 and 2, he tells us here that, that we're to still praise God, that God is still to be praised in the storm. Look what he said in verse number 1. He said, Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory that's due unto to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Did you see that? Three different times in verse number 1 and 2 the psalmist says give to the Lord. You see worship isn't based on a feeling tonight. I wish God's people could get beyond that point and quit worshiping based on how you feel or what kind of week you've had or what kind of week you've not had. You see worship tonight when we go to the house of God there ought to be a sacrifice of praise uh, Hebrews talks about that that we ought to give to God and it ought not to have anything to do with the kind of week we've had or what we're facing in life because the psalmist is looking dead into a storm and he says what you need to remember about the storms of life is that God is still to be praised in the storm. Amen. Now sometimes praise comes natural. Sometimes praise is an overflow. We may shout in a service because uh, it just overflows our heart and just runs over. But I believe the best kind of worship, the greatest worship that affects our Christian life is not when you sit there and wait for a feeling and not when you sit there and wait to just be overflowed, but when you go to church and say, you know what, it doesn't matter where I'm at or what I'm facing or what I'm going through. I'm going to church for one reason, and that's to magnify and to glorify and to lift up the name of our God. Amen. And friend, there ought to just be an effort in worship because God is to be praised in the storm. Amen. A second thing about this practical theme, I'm trying not to preach on it, but it's just too good not to. It's not only does he say in verse 1 and 2 that God is still to be praised in the storm, but he tells us in verse number 3 throughout the rest of this chapter that God is still in control in the storm. Amen. 
Well, if you read this psalm later on, he talks about the voice of God is upon the waters. He said the glory of God, verse number 3 is where I'm at, the God of glory thundereth, the Lord is upon many waters. The Lord is powerful, the voice of the Lord is full of majesty. He begins to say in verse number 7, the voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. I mean, time wouldn't let me read all these verses tonight, but what the psalmist is saying, Simply painting a picture of throughout this psalm is that it's God breaking these trees down. That it's God's voice that's riding these waves. That it's God that's in control of the storm. My friend, listen, the storm may be out of your control, but it's always in God's control. Amen. You remember when Jesus walked out on that boat when the disciples said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Well, of course he did. But just because Jesus was sleeping in the bottom of that boat, did not mean that he wasn't in control of the storm. You say, how do you know that, Brother Gravel? Let me ask you one question. Do you think God was going to let that boat sink and his son drown in the middle of that storm? Well, I know he wasn't going to. I don't care how many waves rushed up on that boat. I don't care how much water came in that boat. All it was doing was giving glory to the son that was on that boat. Amen? And friend, that boat was going to float no matter how much water came in it. My friend, God was going to see them through the storm. God is in control of the storm and God is to be praised in the storm. Amen. Another thing I see about this concerning this is that in verse number one and I see it also in verse number two and I see it in the very last verse is that God is strong in the storm and God gives us strength in the storm. So what do you mean preacher? Look at verse number one. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and give him strength. You know what God wants you to do? In the storms of life, God wants you to give him strength. You say, what does that mean? That means don't sit down on God when storms come. Don't quit paying tithes when storms come. Don't quit going to Sunday school when storms come. Don't quit singing in the choir when a storm comes. Give him your strength. You say, oh, but it's hard. Just go on and give him your strength. Uh, you can't serve God when it's easy. you got to serve him sometimes when it's tough. Amen? you got to serve him sometimes when your heart is heavy. you got to give him your strength. Uh, and then the Bible tells us uh, uh, that God is strong in the storm. Uh, I can't find the verse, uh, uh, but it's in there somewhere. You can study it out later. I'll find it here somewhere. Uh, uh, the Bible talks about that God is strong in the storm. I read it earlier today, but it talks about the strength of God in that storm. Amen? And so God is strong, and we're to give God strength. But look at verse number 11. The Bible said, the Lord will give strength unto his people. You know what I love about that, Brother Barnes? God said in verse number 1, give me strength. Give me your strength. And then in verse 11, God said, I'll give you my strength. I want to tell you something. There ain't no storm in life that I could ever face on my own. But God said, if you'll face it with every ounce of strength you got, if you'll put everything you got in it and trust me, God said, I'll give you strength beyond measure. Amen. Have you ever went through a storm and looked back and said, man, how in the world did I make that? I'm going to tell you how you made it. 
You did what you were supposed to, and God did the rest. Amen? And my friend, listen, that's the practical theme, and I am not going to preach this tonight, but there is a precious truth, uh, and the precious truth is another way to view this psalm tonight, and that is that seven times you find this phrase, and then chapter 29, you find the phrase, the voice of the Lord. Amen? The voice of the Lord. Do you know it? In every single verse, you find the phrase, the Lord. The Lord, the Lord. You're to circle that in every verse. In most verses, it's more than once. Uh, you see the Lord, the Lord. But seven times, uh, you see the voice of the Lord. And you'll notice with me here in verse number three, that in verse number three, in verse number four, three times, the first three times, you see the voice of the Lord. The psalmist is going to tell you what the voice of the Lord is. Amen. He says in verse number three that the voice of the Lord is visible. As he says, the voice of the Lord, now watch this, is upon the waters. Do you know the voice of God is visible? You say, what do you mean? Well, I'm talking, but you can't see my voice. You can hear my voice, but you can't see my voice. But the voice of God is visible. You say, how do you know the voice of God is visible? It's so much different than our voice. You see, I could look at those waves that are crashing in on the ocean and I could say, waves, I want you to be still. And you know what them waves would do? they just keep a rolling in. Amen? I'm telling you, the wind can be blowing and I could walk outside and I could say, wind, I want you to be still. But you know what? My voice is not visible. That wind will just keep on blowing. Now listen, I could look at the rain and I could say, rain, I want you to stop raining. But it's just going to keep on raining because there's no visibility in my voice. Oh, but when God speaks, when God says something, things start to happen. Amen. It's not just talk. I'm telling you, Jesus, when he looked at the waves and said, peace be still, they laid down at his feet. Amen. When Jesus spoke and said, Lazarus, come forth, he woke up and walked out of the grave. Amen. When he cried on the cross and said, it is finished. Thank God the middle wall of partition was broken and the veil was rent from the top to bottom hey God stepped out on a nothing and with his very voice he spoke and things began to happen amen see the voice of God is visible do you know that all God has to do in our life to change things is speak you know how Chad Bailey's daddy got saved it wasn't the money we gave it wasn't the letters that was wrote and it wasn't the distance he drove God spoke to him. And there's visibility. His voice is visible. I won't preach all this tonight. His voice is victorious. He said in verse number four, the voice of the Lord is powerful. When you think about the power of God's voice, you can witness Brother Barnes to a sinner, and we should over and over and over again. And they'll listen, and they might even agree. But I'll tell you what, if they ever hear the voice of God, it'll shake them. It'll get a hold of them, amen. The voice of God is victorious. Every time he speaks, there's victory in his voice. And then I see here that the voice of God is valuable. As he said in verse number four, he said the voice of the Lord is full of majesty, amen. I'm telling you, when God speaks, uh, there's just majesty in his voice, amen. You know what's gonna make heaven so wonderful? It's to hear the voice of God falling upon our ears, amen. I'm telling you, that's 
That's what makes the Bible so precious. That's what makes this book so much better than a Time magazine or anything else in this world. That's what separates it from any book sitting on the shelf uh, is that it's God's Word. Amen? It's the very voice of God. Uh, The Word of God uh, is quick uh, and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And brother, when the Word of God goes forth, uh, uh, Jeremiah said it's like a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. Uh, If you never get a sinner under the sound of the gospel and let a preacher preach to their soul uh, the Word of God, uh, will break up the fallow ground in their life. Uh, We'll bring them under old-time conviction. Why? Because it's valuable. Amen. You know what's changed our life tonight? The Word of God. Brother, I'm telling you, the older I get, the more it becomes a reality to me. My feelings mean very little to me. And what I mean by that is they're up and down, in and out, on and off. I'm like everybody else. And anybody that acts like they're not, just chalk it up. You need to pray for them. They quit lying. Amen. Flesh is flesh. I don't care who you're wrapping in and what soul's in it. Amen. Flesh is flesh, friend. And some days I ain't no better than David and you ain't no better than David. And David confessed it. He said, sometimes I trust you and sometimes I don't even know where to find you. Sometimes I feel like you're right next to me. And other times if I had the wings of the dove, I'd just fly away. Have you ever felt like that? I'm telling you, friend, every one of us a tuck tail and run tomorrow if it wasn't for God. But what keeps us going? What keeps us getting through the adversity? It's that old blessed book. Amen. That I hold in my hand. What makes this church so good is the Word of God. It's enduring. It'll stand forever of all of flesh. The Bible said man's like grass. He'll wither away one day. But the Word of God, it'll stand when this world is on fire. Hallelujah. Brother, I'm telling you the voice of God tonight is more valuable. I want to hear. I'd rather hear His voice. Woo. I would rather hear his voice as to have a million dollars in the bank right now. I'd rather hear God talk to me. I'd rather hear him speak to my heart. I'd rather be in a place where I know that God's a speaking and God's a moving. Friend, that you'd have put me in the finest palace you could ever put me in and walk the hallways and never feel the presence of God. I'd rather be under a bridge tonight and feel the brushings of heaven sweep over my soul and feel what I feel in my soul tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. A lot of other things he says about the voice of God. He tells us what it is, but these last four things tells us what it does. I just want you to circle these words, and I'm done tonight. He said in verse number 5, the voice of the Lord breaketh. He said in verse 7, the voice of the Lord divideth. Verse 8, the voice of the Lord shaketh. Verse 9, the voice of the Lord maketh. Well, I saw that today. I thought this is what I thought. I said that that word breaketh, the voice of the Lord breaketh. That means God destroys. The voice of God knows how to break some things. God knows how to break some barriers in our pathway. God knows how to break down things, that walls that look like we can't get through. God knows how to break them down. He knows how to divide things. The voice of God. You know what? When you pay that tithe and check, and I know I'm preaching the Wednesday night crowd, and you pay that mission check, your flesh sometimes will say, well, you know what you could do with that money? But can I tell you something? God can take your 90%.
and divide it in so many other ways that you never could with your 100%. I mean, there's so many different things that the voice of God, it divides, it divides our heart. Amen. It, and then the voice of God, uh, it demands. Uh, he said in verse number 8, he said, The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of chaos. You know what that means? God, the voice of God demands things in our life. You know, an earthquake, you know what it does? It gets everybody's attention. It lets us all know that we're unstable. It shakes our very foundation. Is that not what the Word of God does? Well, that preaching sure shook me during the revival. Don't you thank God for that? I'm glad I go to a place where I can hear the Word of God preached and I don't leave the same way I came. Amen. The Word of God will shake you. And then as they come and get us a song ready, God, don't leave you there. The voice of the Lord, it maketh or it develops. You know, one of the things I love as a pastor, and I really believe this, I, that's why I believe God made me put a pastor in my heart, is more probably one of the greatest thrills for all the things that you may face. What thrills me about pastoring is watch people, watching people come to church and see them in one place in their Christian life and watch God work on them and see them develop and see them grow. And we're all being developed, aren't we? You know, that's, that's the thing about Christianity. If you ever reach the place where you feel like that you have grown all that you need to grow or could grow or should grow, you're in big time trouble. You're exactly right. I remember sitting in Bible college. I didn't get much out of Bible college. I wish I'd got more. But I remember something a teacher used to say over and over and over again. And it's if I got anything, I reckon I got this one thing. He said, you're to be a student of the Word of God the rest of your life. Amen. He said, a piece of paper on a wall does not qualify you to be an authority over this book. He said, you'll be, an, you'll be a student till you die. And boy, I appreciate that. There's so much in this Bible, isn't there? Brother, I'm telling you, you know how rich this book is? You can preach out of Psalms 29 every single week. And God can show you something different. Because it's alive. Amen. I'm telling you, I love the Bible, don't you? How many of y'all love your Bible? Praise God. Wear it out. Read it. Memorize it. You want to be a strong Christian? I know I say it over and over, but it, it just it's worthy to be repeated. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Be filled with the Scriptures. Amen. Hey, I'm going to tell you, in this, the voice of God is seen in three things in Psalms 29. It's seen in the Scriptures. You can see the voice of God in the Scriptures. It's, the voice of God is seen in the storm. And then the voice of God is seen in the saint, David. You know why David knew the voice of God in the storm? Because David knew the Bible. Amen. And there's so much about the Bible I don't know. But I tell you tonight, if you want to know the will of God, the mind of God on anything, you're going to have to know the Word of God tonight. You're going to have to memorize it, study it. I promise you this as we stand tonight. The people that have the most trouble in their Christian life, this is not 99% true. This is 100% true. The people that struggle the most in their Christian life, let me tell you who they are. It's people that don't read their Bible. They may go to a good church and they may hear good preaching. It's not enough. Got to have a personal 
Bible reading time. You say, I don't read as like I should. Doesn't matter. You ought to pick it back up and read it again tomorrow. Read it again tomorrow. I know I preach that all the time, but I tell you, if you just push people, if you ever get them in it, Brother Laddie, just get them in that book. Well, their life changes. Your life changes. Amen. Have more than just go to a good church. Read the Word of God. Our heads are bowed. Brother Brian's going to sing tonight. If you need to come, use this altar. I want to hear his voice. He said, Preacher, I, I need to hear God's voice on something. You can tonight. If you need to come, would you come?